Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, Consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... Previously on Hawthorne's Crusade, Delta Green linked the events in Chicago to a long-standing person of interest and organization, Samuel Bolton and his Century Club. While unable to confirm a connection between the events in Chicago and the Century Club, FSL's investigation unearthed that the Century Club was indeed a potentially highly dangerous unnatural vector in need of immediate attention. FSL ultimately turned the Century Club's cannibalistic, life-extending ritual against them and successfully eliminated the organization's leadership, creating a headless snake situation. While the operation was successful, the initial trail has now gone cold, if it ever even existed. Alright, so we're now two operations into this. Uh, the agents have gone through some stuff, if you will. Uh, Faustus, what new disorder have you developed as part of your ongoing Delta Green activity? So for Faustus, seeing as how he's experienced literal demons, he's cried to his own god for help and found that other people's gods answered their, require, or answered their requests. He's a little bit disillusioned in his faith and picked up megalomania as uh, things kind of start off now. And he kind of mentions of the church, church body. Faustus kind of will react in a way of like, well, I know the truth. And people would say that, or people of the church would say that um, Father Faustus is becoming a little bit more zealous in his teachings, a little more controversial with some of the uh, things he's saying. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, like, your bond is on its last legs, too. Like, it is down, if you will. A church body is at a 2 out of 10. Like, it is not the hottest. Not your highest priority right now, which makes a lot of sense, given everything that he's been through. Foxtrot, a, a character that I was expecting to have some more problems, given his equally low-bonding, low-bond situation, has not gone insane, has not. Your bond is down. It could be lower, though. It's not quite as bad as... Well, uh, Faustus says, how is, like, what's going on with Foxtrot at this point? I know, like, he's oddly adjusted well to this whole situation. Yeah, so, I mean, he did have his initial, like, weird moment in the uh, the first chapter where, like, he was totally freaked out by those weird bug things, but he seems to have kind of found his footing and seems to have kind of figured out what he's doing and is kind of operating from that headspace. Yeah. Definitely a lot more paranoid about any of the spooky shit. Uh, although the cowbell was definitely something I should have been a little more. I got I got too soft, and now I, I see cows. So 
Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We'll we'll, we'll <laughs> find out, I suppose. Yeah, and last but obviously not least, Florence. You have the most bonds out of the entire group at this point. Uh, they're in the best condition, but I think you're also technically the most insane, just kind of from Sandy Lost. You've picked up the most unnatural at this point. You're you are the veteran agent. Yeah, I, I have a high sanity. I have a much lower max sanity now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, things are going as well as they ever do with Florence. I mean, her birthday is August twentieth, so you know, that's definitely probably not gonna cause any trouble since we're <laughs> planning it. August 19th. Well, so, and yes, uh, our story resumes on August 19th. It's been about a month since our last Delta Green operation. It went well. Things are kind of on, uh, things have gone quiet. You haven't heard from each other in a while. Uh, It's, things are calm as far as your life, but you managed to settle back into normal. The surveillance kind of concerns have faded to the back some. Uh, There have been no extra calls on this one. You've gotten to get back to real life. You've got to back to your routine. We're going to pick up with each of your characters on August 19th. Faustus, what is your Thursday, August 19th going on with you? Like, well, what's happening? What is an average day? What does an average Thursday for Faustus look like? So Faustus typically has a like Wednesday night mass or Wednesday night study. Sure. Uh, so for Thursday, he's probably preparing for his Sunday um, and whatnot. And he was probably in his study just kind of looking over some materials. But more often than not, he finds himself looking into, I guess, less, not relevant, but savory uh, materials than what the church would expect. Yeah, he's he's going a little bit darker. Again, like we've kind of, his evolution through all this has been that he's become maybe not obsessed, but much more tapped into the occult inherentness of the church like I, the church has an inherent occult nature to it most people kind of blaze over that cause it's not all that important but there is a kind of backbone druid pagan tradition of all this stuff is rooted on like is he, is he going down that approach is he kind of trying to find angels like what what's what is this kind of level of research that's consuming him slowly well i think if anything else he's going to start looking into pagan and druidic sort of materials talking about maybe the Old Testament uh, witches that they encountered and stuff like that. I'm trying to like drum up whatever I had. Oh yeah, uh, remember from uh, my own studies or my own history. Would I be able to roll an occult check? Uh, it's nothing to check right now. It's just more discord. Okay. This is more mostly for flavor. I was trying to get a sense okay. of what the day to day for your character has become at this point. Like what is Delta Green slowly bleeds into every aspect of your life. It's an all consuming thankless, payless job. But you do have a life between operations still, technically. Mm-hmm. Definitely people started noticing the, the change in uh, Faustus's look. Uh, he's gone from just kind of your everyday man into kind of taking the highly stylized, kind of hip to it uh, look that he picked up from, what was it again? Uh, Midas Investing in Financial. Yeah, yeah, in New York. Yep. Yep. He's now a little colder, a little less friendly, a little less open and warm, and a little more talking about just kind of the battles beyond or spiritual warfare or whatever have you. He looks more modern, but kind of stepped back into almost fanatical conservatism. I'd also bring up the fact that, like, he wasn't always a priest. He was a Navy SEAL at one point. Yes. Is that kind of Navy SEAL mindset bubbling to the surface? Some, And I'd argue that kind of, yes, there's a world where you could be both, but... 
given who Faustus is trying to become and who Faustus was, there's a bit of a opposition there. I think, uh, especially just because what most need or Faustus would have evolved from uh, a Navy SEAL into a Navy chaplain and then kind of leaving and becoming like a full service or full cloth member. Sure. You could probably expect a little bit more of like his fanaticism deriving from triage work where it's like this fear of things being a lot more intense and a lot more real than he initially expected. Not sure. So what is Thursday? Like, so he has the mass the night before, like walk me through the morning routine of Faustus. Faustus wakes up. He's a very kind of astute, or not astute man, but a very scheduled man. 4 a.m. is always his kind of wake up call. Um, His routine is usually going to the gym, just making sure he keeps up in terms of like his physical, just physical health and just like regular health from like about six, seven o'clock whenever he's done, he'll kind of grab a coffee and then start making his way into his office to start planning out the lesson plans of the week, um, kind of following his major schedule. Uh, So he's very in his books, but will every so often take some time to kind of relax his eyes and just kind of walk around the grounds of his church. Yeah. So, and I guess we don't really talk about this previously, but so who is Faustus's boss? Like who would people maybe complain about his increased iciness and kind of withdrawnness to like who in theory is in charge of Faustus from a kind of professional level? Um, I mean, I believe churches typically have like the head priest or head pastor, whoever and whatnot. Faustus is just one of the teachers or one of the priests. Um, There would be like a higher up overarching, whether part of the actual diocese that oversees him or oversees his teachings and stuff, because he can be removed from his position if he gets um, too crazy or whatever have you. But with how religion can be sometimes this sort of stuff can be viewed as oh this he's taking risks by uh, exploring these topics rather than exploring like social justice topics or uh historical topics and stuff like that i don't know oh sure i guess that's we're gonna pick up in a more role-playing standpoint you have you're back from lunch and you've received a message that the uh the head priest of the church uh, or the church you work for needs to see you What's his name? Father Travers. Father Travers. Okay, yeah. So Father Travers has requested your presence in his office. You have a okay relationship with him. He's not one of your bonds, so it's not a deep one. You probably have what I'd refer to as like a professional relationship. You are, after all, one of his employees in a kind of hand wavy type of way. How are you feeling about this? It's not like there's no indication of why you're being called to meet him, just that you've been asked especially to have a meeting with him. I wonder if Father Travers is looking to have a chat or maybe even a drink. Does it say, like, what time frame it, Father Travers wants to meet me? At your first convenience. Might as well nip this in the bud, get this over with now. I do have some other stuff to study. I will start heading over to Father Travers' uh, lo- or office. Yeah. You know the way. It's pretty easy to find for you. It's probably been there maybe not several times before, but enough that, like, you... It's not a maze. It's a place you work kind of thing. You're familiar with the church as well kind of thing. And, and you arrive, and he's been expecting. He's kind of sitting at his desk. It's a big, older-style desk. The man kind of fancies himself a bit of a scholar for better or for worse. And as you step in, ah, Brother Damien, uh, thank you for joining us. I wasn't expecting you this soon. Um, he's kind of still finishing up his lunch. So I'm up. Please take a seat. I, I need to have a conversation with you. 
Oh, I mean, I just was finishing up a walk around the grounds after a little rest for finishing up my Sunday teaching. Uh, I thought, you know what? I'm already moving. Might as well come visit you. I thought you might have wanted to uh, share a drink with me or anything else like that. But I imagine this meeting is for business. Uh, unfortunately, it is, my son. Um, there have been some comments lately on a noted behavior, and it increased in kind of the... Well, we appreciate your fervor. It's part of why we were so happy to have you here. But it seems that some parishioners are starting to be a little... Or members of the congregate are starting to be a little bit concerned. It's become a little bit more focused on, well, the demonic aspects of our faith, which we we understand. We appreciate the doubling down, if you will, on the cautionary tale aspect of it. But people do come here to be uplifted and to enjoy themselves. We do pride ourselves having a, a well-done, friendly church. And it's not a problem just yet, but it has been noted several times that people are somewhat concerned about this sudden increase in behavior. Uh, some people have enjoyed it. They enjoy the kind of return to the fire and brimstone, put the scare in the young people approach to it. But it has been raised enough. And I, I've also noticed a bit of a change in this. And I just wanted to talk to you about this. Um, I understand you're ex-military. Uh, so am I. I believe you served in the Navy of some kind. I was in the Rangers. Are, are, are you doing okay? I understand that, yes, you, the priesthood provides a brotherhood of sorts that in many ways resembles that relationship. I understand that people long enough out start to miss that aspect of things. Are, are you feeling fulfilled here? Well, sir, I, was a, I wasn't just Navy. I was a SEAL. And yes, there was very stressful times. And this is a occupation that does kind of put pressure on the body. But um, with my teachings, there is a reason. There is something to kind of gain out of it. And while the pressure might be a little heavy at the moment, it it will come to fruition. And there's there will be something not just to maybe uplift the church body, but just even maybe individual understanding within the church to kind of create and bolster that. And I know I'm taking a little bit more of a outside approach, I would say, but there's a reason. I have I have a message to I have I have a goal. But yes, with with this new teaching, it is it is quite fulfilling. It's edifying to be able to dive into these unspoken aspects of our literature, of our history, you might say. I mean, did not old teachers talk in parables? Was this not something that answers weren't always so immediately clear? I have nods at this. Uh, understood, yes. I I don't see any problem with it just yet. I also, I, I also have enjoyed the kind of putting the fear back in people. I don't think we do that enough as enough these days. I just have to do my job occasionally. That does mean having these conversations. Your, your work is fine, Damien. The, the excess traveling, that was a surprise to us, I guess. There has been an uptick in that of late for whatever reason. I, in some ways, we encourage that. You've been fulfilling your duties adequately enough and hasn't gotten in the way of things just yet. But as been noted, I suppose. Uh, any special reason for the sudden onset of wanderlust? Not so much of wanderlust, but... There's different experiences that which inform my teachings that I can only find elsewhere. Not saying that the resources that you have provided here are not adequate enough, but I do find that certain texts, in order to preserve certain, in order to preserve just kind of the structural integrity of these books, I do have to see them in person. You, you know how shipping can be. You can't really quite trust. I understand. Yes. It, it's easier in some ways to go to the information than bring the information to you. I, 
I'm sympathetic to that. I appreciate the fact you're still doing research. Many of us, I find that many of your colleagues tend to coast once they find themselves stationed here. Should I not grow as an individual? Should I not grow in as an individual in order for me to grow the church body? I mean, much like how I constantly, te- uh, constantly, I'm in the gym in the morning, not saying that this is something that you must be doing as well, but I have, a, there's some parts of being a seal that I've, I carry with me. In order to protect my flock, I must stand strong. Travers kind of smiles at this, nods. He's like, thank you for your time, Damon. This is, this is all the conversation I wanted to have. Thank you for this. I, as I said, I just have to, I have to do my job every once in a while. I, I try to be hands-off and let people find their own path so long as the complaints aren't you know, of a certain nature. But yes, you can go if you wish. You can also stay and help me finish my lunch, I suppose. Um, it's Thursday, so there's not much to do here on the grounds. But we can also go for a walk later if you so wish. Choice is yours. Well. How about this? Father Travers, are you a whiskey man by chance, or do you feel a bit more of the scotch end of that? Kind of smiles at this. He's like, have I ever told you about the uh, six years I spent in Dublin, Ireland, when I first joined the uh, cloth? Mm -hmm. So uh, let me continue just upholding the crake. Uh, I do happen to have a bottle of vintage in my office. Um, Let me go ahead and grab that as well as some glasses. I'll help you finish your lunch. Yeah, so I'm assuming you leave at that point, kind of go off to get the bottle? Yes. All right, so about two-thirds of the way back to your office, you get a phone call from an unknown number, unlisted. It just shows up as asterisks on the caller ID. Oh, bloody hell. I answered the phone call. Agent Faustus, um, have you been enjoying your time off from the operations? Time off from the operations, do you mean my normal day-to-day life? Why, yes, I... Do you quite enjoy being able to live normally? Understood, Faustus. Um, a situation has arisen in Vermont. Uh, there's been a in, there's been a flurry of media activity. We need to send some agents in there to go and check it out and make sure it's not a problem. Uh, it's it's weird though. I'll, I'll brief you more on this, but uh, check your email. We have airplane tickets booked. Um, this is an immediate type of thing. You don't expect this to be a long operation. You'll go out. To, you'll go out tonight, Friday, Saturday. Hopefully fly back Sunday as long as you work fast enough in the field. I apologize if this is inconvenient or at an inopportune time, but this needs to happen now. We, we need to deploy F-Cell immediately. Understood. I checked the plane tickets. When does the plane leave? You have an hour and a half to get to the airport. God damn it. Thank you for the heads up. Will I be meeting you in person at the, at the destination, or is this going to be another one of those drop us off and give us a phone call sort of situations? We will see. Uh, I'm currently pulled a tad thin right now, and this situation developed out of, well, nowhere. This is a bit of a spring-up type of situation. You'll understand more when you arrive. Understood. I will be at the airport shortly. Will you be sending a cab, or will I have to figure out my own fare? Uh, We expect you to figure out your own fare on this one. Again, uh, we have not had the time to pull together some of the resources you've come to enjoy, given the sudden nature of this operation. Mm. I will send you the taxi bill. But I, I will see you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, she chuckles that and hangs up as like halfway through the word bye-bye, she just hangs up on you. I head to my office, grab the bottle of vintage, and I head back to Father Travers' office. As I lay the bottle down, I only put one glass down and say to him, unfortunately, I won't be able to help finish up your lunch. Uh, some family matters did kind of come up. I think if this is a, a show of forgiveness or a forgiveness offering, I will have to leave 
just in a little bit. My plane is about to take off. I will ideally be back before Sunday, nonetheless. Kind of looks at you confused at this. Um, this is so sudden. Uh, is everything all right? Would you like one of the brothers to go with you as uh, support in these trying times? Oh, no. This is involvement of my own brother. I don't talk about him much because he's not something that the family does talk about. He's gotten himself into a bit of a deal. So I'd rather keep this private matter private. I'll see to it that it gets dealt quickly. I will see you soon, nonetheless. Understood. Uh, best of luck with your family matter. Give me a charisma check on this. 50-50, baby. Let's roll. Failure. Yeah, so kind of maybe something seems a little off with this. Like, it really is quite sudden. Maybe he'll remember this. Maybe he won't. Like, it's it's definitely kind of weird. You did seem to have plans, and then suddenly you're off to a plane. People don't get plane tickets that quickly. Like, that's just insane kind of thing. But yeah, no, you get to the airport, you get on the plane, and you were off to Albany, New York. Where the fuck is that? It's north. It's quite north. It is closer to, I think it's closer to Toronto at that point than it is to um, New York City. It is the, it is a very northern part of New York. It is the capital of New York, ironically, despite being way the hell up there. Like, it is, it's basically its own state in some ways, the region it's up in. It's up by Saratoga and stuff like that, but. That's not important for now. Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. What is Thursday for? Well, if he's not working, um, he'll wake up in the morning. Uh, he'll go out for a nice kind of casual walk with his dog. Come back home. Uh, he'll probably head out to a local, like, coffee shop or whatever and grab some tea and whatnot and just kind of sit back and relax and hang out for a bit of the day. I mean, assuming he's not working, that's kind of his thing. He will also at some point probably hit the gym because also, again, you know, it's just nature from being in the, the Marine Corps for a couple of years and yeah. staying in shape, CIA. It's kind of the thing. So let me ask a question that's been nagging me. Mm-hmm. When Foxtrot is away, who takes care of the dog? I usually ask a neighbor to kind of just check in on the dog. Yeah. And so on this Thursday, August the 19th, what are you doing? You've hit, you've hit the gym, you've like, so we take the dog out for the morning. You've had some breakfast. What is Foxtrot doing around, we'll say, like, 11.30 noon? 11.30 noon. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't really thought of this scenario. <laughs> I guess, like, what is Foxtrot doing his days off? Like, he's a tea fan. Like, does he go, like, kind of, both of those characters have kind of a weird, maybe not weird, but kind of a surprising fondness for tea. Does he, like, spend his time when he's off? Like, is enjoying tea? Like, does he go to tea shops and kind of peruse that type of stuff? Like, is he... Yeah. How into tea is he, I guess, is my question. I mean, he's like, not, like, a crazy, like, super hardcore, but, like, he he likes to try different and new teas, so he may yeah. go out and, like, find some new varieties of it just to try it. He's not, like, a sommelier of teas, if you will, but definitely, uh, definitely an enthusiast, if you will. Sure. So as he doesn't, you know, he doesn't drink or anything. Normally he doesn't drink or anything like that. That's kind of his, that's his, uh, that's his thing, if you will. Yeah. He also enjoys people watching. Like, just, you know, as part of the CIA, like his nature of just keeping tabs on things. Like he just, he's a natural people watcher. Just to, you know, it's just a force of habit, if you will. So it would be totally within kind of his nature to maybe make himself like a thermos of tea, take the dog and just kind of, sit there for several hours just people watching and stuff like that right 
You could do that on uh, like maybe a day, one day out of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what type of parties do you like? Does he like ones that are just kind of big and vacant? Does he like ones that have kids? Like, uh, what does he look for in kind of his idle time for? He would kind of go with something maybe closer. I mentioned where he was from. You have not. Okay. Um, so he's, he's from Los Angeles. So if you were to go to any kind of park, you would probably people watch somewhere closer to the beach. Sure. Yeah. So you're there probably for an hour or so and your cell phone rings. Like Father Faustus, it's just asterisks for all the numbers. Mm. What do you do? I will go ahead and answer the phone. And uh, I'll say, speaking. Foxtrot, time to get back to work. Where, where are we going this time? You're off to Vermont by way of Albany. The town you're going to is too small to have a major airport near. It's going to be flying into the city of Albany and then driving across the border into Vermont. Don't worry, there's no link. There's no possible linking up with your previous time in New York. We made sure of that. Totally different airport. Very minimal chance of overlap. This is a bit of a time-sensitive situation. You'll need to leave almost immediately. Uh, you have a plane ticket reserved for you in about two hours. I know LAX can be a bit of a problem, so hopefully you can make it. I apologize for the last-minute nature of this. You also may not enjoy the same level of support you've had on previous outings with us. Uh, again, it's kind of sprung up. You've been lucky so far. The operations we've pulled together have been a little more thought out. This is a all hands on deck, a bit of a fire sale type of situation. Fire sale, you say? Yes, uh, a wildfire, even if you will, with the potential to become a major vector problem. Oh, boy. All right. Well, am I going to have any kind of gear up there, or should I find my own means of getting some extra gear up there? I would recommend providing your own. We can try and get you some once you're there, but if I'm being honest, the situation is strange enough. We're not sure what to recommend you even bring with you. Okay. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll pack a I'll pack a chest and other things accordingly, and you can uh, pay for the baggage fee on that one. I've chuckles a little bit. This it's entertaining that yeah yes uh, you feel free to submit your receipts. That sounds good. If I only knew where to send my receipts to, and it hangs up on that too. <laughs> All right. So I uh, hang up the phone, and then I. Uh, Call my dog Cider over, and then uh, head back to my place and start packing up my gear and packing up a chest of items I would probably need. How long would you feel comfortable leaving Cider by his herself? Uh, her. How long do you feel comfortable leaving her by herself? Like, would you leave her alone for a couple of days? You try and find a neighbor to watch her right now. What's the plan? The neighbor and I have an agreement since I sure. I go out on long. Trips for work, they understand. And so, you know, I, I pay them as part of it, obviously. Yeah. So um, they, they understand have a, sometimes. They have a key and stuff like that, too, I'm assuming. They, they, yes. they let themselves in and deal with it. Okay, cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, you probably notify them, I assume. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. You get in your car and drive to LAX, I assume, at this point. Or you find take an Uber there or something like that? you find transit? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up taking an Uber. All right. So, kind of, you're about halfway there and your work phone rings. So I flip open the phone and say, speaking. John. Yeah? It's time to get you back in the field. You've enjoyed your time stateside, but uh, it's time to get out back there. We need to send you back to the Far East for a little while to do some work. We'll be shipping out on Tuesday. Make your preparations and report to the normal location. Okay. Tuesday? Tuesday. All right. Sounds good. Any other things you want to say to him or just kind of 
business as normal. You could kind of have weird calls like this and you go. Yeah, so was it uh, business as usual or should I dress up for any special affairs? We'll provide any necessary attire for you. The, this is supposed to be just a recon mission, but you know how these go. All right, sounds good. I'll, uh, I'll see you guys on uh, Tuesday. See you on Tuesday. We'll read you in then. Mm-hmm. Phone hangs up. Yeah, rest of the ride to the airport is normal enough. You get there, plane tickets go through. You bring any guns with you? Like, well, what's the gear wise you're bringing this time? Well, my, my my standard setup with my you know sure shotgun, all that stuff. You put it in a chest. If you have it in a metal lock chest with a key, you can bring it through TSA and all that. You can't bring it obviously on the flight itself, but it does go through baggage. But you can check it. Oh, yeah, no, people put guns in airplanes on the hold all the time. Like it's not that's not a totally uncommon thing maybe the big metal box that's a bit of an eye raiser but yeah no that's not something yeah you there's a whole process for that you tell people like you're cia as well you probably have some credentials that you could flash to maybe alleviate that process some but yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah not my not my first time flying these uh flying gear like this yeah of course on a plane so you also make your way to albany okay lawrence yeah. What is a Thursday, specifically August 19th, like for Florence? So things have been kind of rocky with Florence's girlfriend, and Florence doesn't usually like to celebrate her birthday anyways. She thinks it's a waste of time, but she knows that her girlfriend does. So Florence has been planning a trip. She's taken her like two-week vacation uh, time off, and she's planning on taking her girlfriend out to Spain for a good old getaway for a little while. Uh, you know, to celebrate her birthday, which she really doesn't want to do, but she'll do for her. And I don't think she's told her yet. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, but, you know, she wakes her up with breakfast in bed this morning and just waiting for the right time to tell her that they're leaving at, like, the end of the week or something. So, and when she wakes up, I guess, like, what is, what? what's the morning, I guess, like, the Girlfriend works as a fireman, a firefighter. That's the right word for it. And like, she's let her sleep. Like, is she up? Like, is there a chunk of time where she's up in the morning, like reading the news or reading or watching the news of some kind before her girlfriend gets up? Or no? Probably. Florence probably gets up pretty early. She probably is watching and reading the news while she's cooking in the morning. Yeah. So while you're listening to this, you do hear that it's the morning news. Was kind of various talk, uh, weather, kind of all that stuff. There has been a. You heard about this a couple weeks ago, and there's been a second one now. There's been a strange murder in Savannah, Georgia. It's believed to be a maybe a serial killer of some kind, or like it's it got to the press before it probably should have. It's not that weird. It's just kind of it's the the news making a big deal of it. It does mention the fact though, like this the calling card seems to be leaving a strange collection of wood at the sites of these murders, but again. It's Savannah. It's known to be haunted. Uh, you, you're in Atlanta, so it's it's there, but not there. If that makes any sense, it's it's the hill. It's the the country, as far as you're concerned, probably to a certain extent. Doesn't does this ring at all like unnatural to Florence when she sees it, or is it just kind of like ah, some weird cults being weird, or some weird spirit killer being weird? Maybe a little bit of both. Like you're you're versed in the unnatural enough that probably everything weird maybe sets you off a little bit. But again, like the news isn't making a big deal, but it's on the news after all. That's a maybe your first indication it's just kind of weird culty behavior at that point. Yeah. And like not to sound callous, but serial killers happen. Yeah. Like it's not I'm not saying it's a good thing that they happen, but 
especially in more rural communities, weird stuff just happens. I'm not saying Savannah, Georgia is super rural, but it has a history of weird stuff. It's one of the most allegedly haunted places in all of the U.S. Yeah, once she kind of realizes that, like, it goes through her head that if it if this was, like, a big deal, it probably wouldn't be on TV. Yeah. And if it was, she'd already have gotten a phone call. So she's not worried. Yeah, pretty good sign of that. Yeah, that definitely tracks at that point. The rest of the news happens, weather report, that's going to be a nice weekend, et cetera, et cetera. What does Florence make for her girlfriend? Florence is not a good cook. She knows very basic, so it's probably like bacon and eggs and an English muffin. It's nothing too out of this world. It's also scrambled eggs. She probably doesn't really know how to fry an egg very well. Sure. So it's kind of a shitty breakfast, but it's good for what she can produce. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. Does she have any special pet names for Elizabeth? Or just, does she call her E? Does she call her Lizzie? She just calls her Liz. Sure. So you brought her the breakfast. She's up. She's kind of a little bit, maybe not suspicious, but pleasantly surprised by this. Do you spring her going away on her on there at this point? No, not yet. Uh, I think she's she's planning on doing it like tonight at dinner or something. Sure. She's got like all the flights booked and everything, and the itinerary hidden away. So good deal. Yeah. So, what does the rest of the day involve for Florence? She go to work at that point. What is the Thursday for Florence? No, Florence is the day off because she started her time off. So it's really just probably her girlfriend is probably still going to work. So she's probably around the house. Uh, she's probably working on a um, some kind of paper having to do with microbiology, some area that she's been exploring at work. Sure. She's probably writing a paper with one of her colleagues that they're planning on publishing. So that's probably what she's working on. Makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of a lazy day of research and writing and just kind of typical, like I got some time off so I can catch up on some stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, cool. What type of restaurant does Florence pick for the big reveal? Like where is she taking Liz to? It's probably decently high end. Florence doesn't like to spend money, a lot of money on like going out to eat, but she does this time. Uh, so it's not like, you know, premium or anything that you'd expect to see like a celebrity at or something. But yeah, it, it's also Atlanta, Georgia. It's not, yeah, I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's not the celebrity capital of the world. Like it's not going to be random stoppings from like Tom Hanks or something. Yeah. It's a place where like a glass of wine would probably make most of us look at like the wine list and go, ooh. Any special significance of this place or just it's a nice restaurant and she's trying to give her girlfriend a nice time out? I don't think it's any special significance now. It's just a, a a good old, like, just some time away because they weren't, they're from California. So they're not, a lot of their history is back there. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, we're going to pick up at this dinner. Uh, it's, it's, it's going well. This is enjoying herself. She's kind of, maybe she suspects something that maybe she's not. And, She's kind of playing along with it. She's a little bit surprised. She's very appreciative of this kind of night out with you, given how slightly strained things have been lately. She's been working a lot. You've been working a lot. Uh, you've had these strange trips. Yeah. Yeah. I think Florence is actually having fun. At first, it was like jumping through the hoops. But, you know, it's it's like when they were younger and would go on dates. Yeah. Which they probably don't do very often because their schedules probably don't permit it. So at what point during the meal does Florence bring up the trip? Probably towards the end. Yeah, so you're having coffee, maybe dessert. 
How does this get brought up, I guess? So, I I know that I've been busy a lot recently, and I don't really like to make a big deal out of it, but tomorrow for my birthday, I have taken some vacation time off, and I've talked to your supervisor, and if you want to take the time off, they said that it'd be okay. I want to go on a trip just a week. Yeah, just kind of widened at this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm amazed you thought to clear with my supervisor. Uh, it's so thoughtful. And I pauses for a second. Kind of <laughs> almost unlike you. I have something special about this trip. No, yes, yes. But you know, uh, figure it out later. You know, surprises. I have smirks at you knowingly. All right, fine, Miss. I hate my birthday. She just shrugs. I have the flights booked. Um, we leave tomorrow afternoon. So this this has been a fantastic night. Um, let me go freshen up, and we'll head home. How about? Yeah. She gets up, kind of goes off to the bathroom. Your phone rings. It's all asterisks on the caller ID. Like rubs her temple with both of her hands. Fuck. Does she pick up, or does she let it go to ring all at once? No, she'll pick up. Does she like get wait to the last like the last set of rings, or does she pick up relatively quickly? Last set of rings. Lawrence, when I call you, I expect you to pick up in a timely manner. Can you find somebody else, at least just for this once? Unfortunately, there's no one else available, and that's not how this works. How long? We are hoping to have the situation contained by Monday. The situation has emerged. It's kind of emerged almost overnight. Things like these happen, unfortunately. You are the closest team and the most available team we can mobilize to investigate a developing situation. We've already deployed Foxtrot and Faustus to the area. You should be arriving roughly around the same time, given the number of connections they're going through. I hope I've not inconvenienced something. Nothing too important. Understood. Uh, check your email. The plane tickets will be there. Hopefully you'll be back Monday at the latest. We're not completely aware what the situation is which is part of why this is of such urgency. I, I do apologize. Your other two partners in this have been briefed, but we've been able to secure some support for this, but we need an agent with your experience in the field there to help the other two out, given whether we've not been able to get a hold of Agent Francis. Uh, his phone's gone to voicemail Sorry? now eight times. Uh, yes. Um, when she tried to call Francis to, to have him be point on this, hypothetically, given his experience with mountaineering and hiking, but... He's unreachable. Um, we've started the searching process for this. Is that why we're responding? Is that, is that where he lives? No, it, this is completely separate. Uh, agents go off the grid occasionally. There was some chatter that maybe he's on special assignment for work, which is why he's unreachable, unfortunately. Uh, but yes, uh, we were hoping to have him on this to help support you. But uh, for lack of a better phrase, your team lead on this one, and your team needs you. When's the flight? I hear some tapping. You have two hours to get to the airport. We managed to book you direct, given your proximity and, well, the uh, given the nature of your work, the less need to route you through multiple locations. All right. Yeah, I'll be on. I'll, I'll be there. Understood. Enjoy your time in Vermont. She hangs up. Like the other two, the plane tickets you have are taking you to Albany, New York, a place that you've probably never heard of. Probably not. Is Florence going to kind of hiding this type of thing? Because I can imagine this is kind of an oh shit, this is bad type of moment for her. 
once they once they get out to the car, Florence is going to say, "I, you know how the last every once in a while, the in the last like six months or so, I've had to go away on assignments that I can't really talk about." Yes. Um, I had one come up, but I should be done by Monday, and with my vacation time. And with your vacation time, if we just push our flight back to Monday, we can still go. And you'll be back by Monday. Um, yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Um, the stuff that they have me doing is kind of need to know. So it might run a day over, but I'm thinking Monday is the latest. Should we just cancel the trip? I am going to... I am going to take care of rescheduling everything. I I I'll I'll take care of it. We're gonna go. Okay. She's quite visibly annoyed, but kind of it's like, okay, fine. If you're actually gonna be back on Monday, like Look, one way or another we're going. Okay. I promise. Fine. I have to catch an Uber. What? Uh yeah, my flight leaves in two hours. You're leaving now. Mm-hmm. You're not even gonna be home tomorrow on your birthday. You're leaving now. Yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. How unreasonable is the CDC? Like, they, they had your name not, on the file. They couldn't send anyone else? It's not just the CDC that makes these decisions. And I'm one of their, if not their lead, microbiologists. So when other agencies ask for the best, I'm one of the people they get sent. Fine. Whatever. I, yeah. Oh, I have, like, storms off in a huff at this point. I'm rightfully mad. Mm-hmm. But. Like, leaves you standing there. All right, Lawrence is going to the airport. Yeah, so you all kind of arrive within an hour of each other on August 20th in the Albany International Airport in upstate New York. When you, were, when you kind of land, you get some texts. It's like, wait for your fellow agents. They'll be there shortly. You should be expecting two other people. Francis was unavailable. Go to a Hertz Rental. Tell them you're with the Green Party. They'll hook in. They'll assign you a car. Uh, if Florence is touchdown first. She'll go get the car and just wait for them at the airport. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah, she'd have the shortest flight. The other two, they've routed a couple times to kind of throw off any tails and make it a little bit cheaper on them. After all, Foxtrot was coming across the country, and that's a eight-hour flight minimum. Atlanta's a nice major hub. Yeah, uh, it's August. A little bit muggy up in the kind of the air's a little bit wet in upstate New York. It's nice, though. It's basically Canada at this point. You're really far north as far as the continental U.S. goes. Foxtrot, um, Faustus, you arrive. Either of you two have been here before, hypothetically? Like, there's no reason to have ever come here unless you are big fans of horse racing. Nope. Not at all. All right, so you you kind of collect them at some point, Florence? Yeah, she's just, like, parked in the, like, waiting area sure. um, in the front of the the airport. This is an airport that will let you do that, and this is a one-story. You can walk from the parking garage to the uh, tarmac in about five minutes. It's a surprisingly small international airport. She's in the car muttering to herself about like something about like small-town America and yep. shit show and inconvenience. Oh, yeah. You all kind of collect up on the car? Yeah, Faustus gets into the car kind of talking about... I've seen some pretty weird little hovels during my time around the world with the navy but this airport's a shit show oh it's not it's a quite nice airport for being both way too small and way too much of an international airport simultaneously 
It's not great, though. I will give you that. It's a shit show enough that I can't even figure out whether or not it wants to be a smaller port. It's something that's important to this area. But I guess this is the only way into Vermont, or at least the most convenient way. So Delta Green has secured you a, a Jeep of some kind, like a Cherokee or something. That's a little bit of an older model, but it is kind of equipped to do some medium off-roading, not like full off-roading, but it can do dirt paths and kind of not the best terrain quite easily. Fully insured through them, as best you can tell. It, there was, it was waiting there for you, keys in the ignition kind of thing, pick up and drive. There's just a white envelope in the glove compartment that has an address on it, just reads Bennington, Vermont. So, uh, Agent Francis is taking his sweet-ass time. He's not coming. Who's driving? Wait, what do you mean he's not coming? He's on assignment for work. Who's driving? I mean, I, I guess I can drive, but you can do that. I could just be saying that I've got stuff to do for my job that I can't come by. I, did, I didn't know that was an option. No. when Sometimes when law enforcement agencies run task force, uh, they have to go off the grid for some time while they're running it. It just means that we can't get in contact with him. He got lucky. That's it. So I want to be done here by Monday, before Monday, if possible. I've got to get back by Sunday, so yeah. I can drive yeah. if no one else is looking to drive. Yeah, you cool. can go ahead and drive. I've got to get back before, uh, well, actually, Monday works, and I've got assignment on Tuesday, so. Let's get this done as fast as possible, shoot whoever needs to be shot, and get out of here. Sounds like a plan to me. So the GPS kind of spits out that it's an hour drive from the airport you're at to the town of Bennington. It's a small town kind of right in the armpit of where New York, Massachusetts, and Vermont kind of run up against each other. It's just a town. It's got a college attached to it. You start driving about kind of like when you hit the Vermont border about like, we'll say 10 minutes after that, you are you get a phone call. Which of one of us? Doesn't really matter in this case. Let's say Florence. I'll pick up. Agent, can you put me on speakerphone? She does so. Welcome to Vermont, agents. Um, I hope you had a pleasant flight. You've arranged for a dead drop for you in a P.O. box located in Bennington USPS offices. Unfortunately, given the rush nature of this operation, I cannot join you in Vermont. As much as I'd prefer to give you this briefing in person, it'll have to be over the phone here. Uh, obviously, please take precautions to dispose of any evidence. And yes, welcome to a bit of a shit show. 48 hours ago, we had two hikers return, claiming that they had been to the Bridgewater Homestead. In the area of Bennington, the rumors of the Bridgewater Homestead have date back to easily the 50s, if not longer. There has been a chain of mysterious disappearances in the area dating back to at least the 1940s. Between the years of 1945 and 1950, five people vanished without a trace. The local area has become known as a bit of a Bermuda Triangle equivalent. Historically, the organization has chosen to not investigate this location because whenever a Bridgewater homestead sighting happens, it quickly seems to die down and fade back into obscurity. Something is keeping this news cycle going. As fast as we can squash blogs and postings about this, new ones are popping up as though someone's actively drawing attention to this strange but not all that bizarre experience again this has happened before the couple was just missing for uh, about 24 hours it, it's more that the claims of having been to the bridgewater homestead have reignited a bunch of ghost tales or folklore for the town and that's the problem 
if indeed there is a Bridgewater homestead, it is in some way responsible for these disappearances. This is potentially a major exposure vector. And that's where the problem really begins. This sudden flurry of online activity has drawn massive amateur media attention to the area. The place has been swarmed with a collection of occult truthers and ghost hunters and live streamers hoping to find the Bridgewater homestead. There have never been more cameras in the town of Bennington ever in its entire existence. This is too many eyes for us to ignore this. The rumors about the Bridgewater homestead it's somewhere on Glastonbury Mount, the uh, center of this chain of weirdnesses that happened there. The, the site has been home to Bigfoot sightings, UFOs, witch stories, ghosts, basically any quaint middle-of-nowhere town horror story you can think of that easily explained has happened here. It's the disappearances and the concreteness of these disappearances that has gotten it to somehow stick in some ways. The two return hikers are Ashley and Thomas Ridge. Their stories just explode online. We've tried our best to contain it, but they have become overnight celebrities, and really all they did was go for a walk in the woods. Uh, that's the an unfortunate situation, agents. Welcome to the uh, famous Bennington Triangle. A any questions? So what you're telling me is that there is a spooky house that changes locations and temporarily abducts travelers? We don't know. All we know is that the disappearances have always been linked up with the appearance of this Bridgewater homestead. Uh, rumors about it existing date back quite a ways. We've passively investigated it once or twice. We cannot find proof that the Bridgewater homestead even exists. But whenever there's a disappearance or whenever something weird like this happens, the Bridgewater homestead comes up. That's as best we can give you for a lead. I also might recommend looking in on Ashley and Tom if you can. I, I wish we had more for you right now, agents. All we know is that there are too many eyes in the town of Bennington right now for us to ignore this and risk someone potentially finding something. Gotcha. Are there any kind of green boxes within the area? Unfortunately, no, hence the dead drop. We've managed to secure you all a collection of FBI credentials. They will not hold up under aggressive scrutiny, but for a quick, we're here to investigate aspect of things, they should be sufficient. With that in mind, yeah, there's a pause. I must caution you. The town of Bennington is somewhat unique, given its proximity to the Appalachian Trail. It is home to not one, not two, but three different offices for three different branches of the law enforcement division. You have a sheriff's office, a local PD, and a Vermont State Police Department, all located within a five-minute drive of each other. There's a potentially high level of scrutiny given the influx of looky loose that will complicate this investigation potentially what a perfect fucking time for francis to be missing right now fortunately yes um you're kind of some ruffling of some papers just to fill you in some of the stories about the area the the, the rumor is kind of was pieced together slightly is that somewhere on glastonbury mountain there is the uh, infamous bridgewater homestead several campers that disappear while kind of hiking or camping for a few days make mention of seeing the house or hosted by the house of some kind. Not all return delirious and drained of energy and just completely out of it. Some wind up dying. Often it's one half of a couple returns. These hikers that you were talking about, what were their names again? 
We'll have the, we'll have some files on before you at the dead drop. You're looking for Ashley and Thomas Ridge, currently guests at the uh, local hospital, um, recovering after their disappearance and return. Gotcha, gotcha. So they're not at 100 percent uh, health right now. Yeah, they're they're under they're there for observation and exhaustion and well exposure. They they wandered off for quote a two hour hike and returned the next day after spending the night in the woods, exhausted, drained, and much worse for wear. Is there a um any board specifically that seems to be stoking the fires of this? Chat boards, message boards, anything? That's just it. It's everywhere. It seems to have caught the attention of Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Anywhere stories about this can be posted has just been flooded. And people are going to show up. The issue is making sure now that they find nothing upon arrival. Enough eyes, and enough drones, enough people looking for something that doesn't actually exist. And eventually they'll find something. But unfortunately, we all know that something does exist occasionally. And we cannot risk that. Okay. Again, agents, I apologize at the last minute nature of this, but this was an urgent undertaking. I hope you understand the severity of the situation and act accordingly. We need this operation closed as soon as possible. Time is of the essence. We cannot risk an inexpungible amount of information or proof that something like this exists. Or once you peel that type of situation back, start asking a lot more questions. This is just the type of crowd that would dedicate an inordinate amount of time to researching and documenting things they absolutely cannot. I know. Just gotta kill off a meme. That's one way of putting it, I suppose. Any questions, or should I let you get back to your drive? I think I'm done with all my questions. I think we're fine, but you should stay close to your phone for this one. Understood. Good hunting, agents.